Brothers and sisters, friends and comrades, this is the PRC Show. I'm your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. Um, Today on the show, we're going to have a discussion about why we believe what we believe. Um, And I think this show might be, uh, we might expand this into a couple more episodes or return to this issue later on. Um, I think it's an interesting discussion. And um, I'd, I'd appreciate your thoughts. You can email the show at prcshow at gmail.com, prcshow at gmail.com. Hope everyone's doing well. I had a really great week last week. Um, two of my best friends came to visit and uh, just had a lovely time with both of them. Um, they came at different times. One came in the middle of the week during this heat wave and had a really great time. Did a show with him, um, had lovely conversations. Um, we're up late that night and just a, a nice time. And then another friend uh, came in this weekend with his significant other and uh, re- really had a wonderful time as well. Um, just So I'm feeling pretty good about the world and uh, it was just a very nice time. So I'm happy about that. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I don't know if you guys run or exercise at all. I am sort of coming out, I hope, of the nadir of my running, meaning there's two times during the year that I really just cannot run because of the weather, and that is when it's super cold, and it's when it's super hot. I think the heat wave is over. It's been feeling like 104. Um, Today I ran five miles, and it was extremely difficult after last week only running one day, which is insane because I have a general rule of thumb, and for anybody getting into running, here's my rule. Never, ever take more than two days off. That's basically, you have... Really, you shouldn't take more than one off. So I usually do three on, one off. If I do two off, fine. It's going to happen. Life intervenes. I didn't run six days in a row last week. I only ran Saturday. And um, I can feel it. I look um, a slightly slender guy. By the end of last week, I looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, So today when I went for my run, uh, and I try to run between 15 to 25 miles a week. I really want to get it up to 30 miles a week. I did five miles. It was a struggle. It, it was I was slogging away. You know, it is pretty hot. I did drink some beers last night, and I probably didn't hydrate and eat a proper breakfast. So at least I got five miles in. I'm gonna try to do ten tomorrow, and then uh, I work Wednesday, and I'll try to do some more Thursday. But anyways, it's okay. I have two little periods of time in the year. You know, in the usually around January, February when it's terrible, and then sometime in uh, July is when I do um, uh, my running is terrible. So. Anyways, if you have any thoughts or concerns or any questions about running or want to share some knowledge about running, you can email the show at prcshow at gmail.com, prcshow at gmail.com. Now, we actually have get, been getting a lot of emails, and I want to read a couple of them. I don't want to bore you with uh, all the emails I've been getting, but I'll just read two of them. And, and these two I, I really appreciate it because they're, some, they're from uh, some famous folks. Well, I guess relatively famous. And... Um, Here's one from uh, Mark Thatcher. Now, Mark Thatcher's mother recently died, Margaret Thatcher. So, uh, you know, hey, podcasts, you know, you can get all over the world. I'm in Harrisburg. This guy's in whatever, Barbados or United Kingdom or who knows. But anyways, he says, Paul, I really love the show. Um, It's been very difficult the past several weeks since Margaret's passing. Your show has really helped me through it. Keep up the good work, and I'm looking forward to new episodes. Mark Thatcher. Hey, Mark, um, you know, my mother passed away. Uh, I, f- I feel your pain there, brother. And, um, you know, I will say this. She was lucky to see you uh, get older and become an adult, as was I. I mean, my mom died when I was 24, but 
I still feel fortunate that I wasn't one of these, you know, people that their mom dies when they're 10 or something like that. And you always have this like deep pain in your heart. I was 24. My mom died when, you know, she got to see uh, my wife. I mean, it wasn't my wife at the time, but um, and hell, uh, Mark, you have a lot of money. I'm sure it's not that bad. I mean, no, no offense. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're sad and all that stuff. But anyways, thanks for the, thanks for the email. The other email, I don't know what to make of it. Um, okay, so this is from, uh, she's a musician or uh, pop icon, uh, Nikki Minaj, um, Minaj or whatever. Okay, Paul, I'm not sure what to make of the show. For the most part, I find it dull and poorly made. Okay, why am I even reading this? That said, there is a charm about you that has kept me listening. You seem like a smart guy and can be funny. But unless the show gets better, I'm out. Nicki Minaj. Well, all right, Nicki. Well, I appreciate the honesty. And look, I've gotten some pretty bad uh, emails. So I, I know a lot of folks don't like the show and they've already checked out. That said, I take her criticism um, I need to make sure the show continues to get better. I do not want to lose her as a uh, listener. So, okay. Now, as we all know, the show is sponsored by many of the books that I haven't read. And this week, the show, um, sticking with the theme of why we believe what we believe, um, we're going to talk a little, I mean, it's a little bit of a political show, but not really. Anyways, this book is Working Toward Whiteness, How America's Immigrants Became White. The Strange Journey from Ellis Island to the Suburbs, David R. Rodiger. And this has a wonderful cover. It's like a 1930s, like, industry workers making stuff. I want to read this book right now, just looking at it. I mean, it has a beautiful cover. Don't judge a book by its cover, but this you would, if you did, you'd give it a, I want to read it. Now, um, you know, there's this idea that, uh, so how America's immigrants became white. There's also a famous book, you know, how the Irish became white or how the Italians became white. Because in this country, you know, race was kind of a race, as we all know, is a socially constructed thing. I mean, everybody wasn't always considered white and black and Latino and Chinese or Asian or whatever. See, I, I did it right there, Chinese. That's not a race. That's a whatever. But um, so this book, uh, I guess, explores how, um, as the vanguard of the study of race and labor in American history, David Rodiger is the author of Not Classical Wage of Whiteness, the role of racism in the development of the w white working class in the 19th century. Um, that's what it says on the back. So he, he talks about how uh, Jewish, Italian, Polish immigrants once occupied a sort of a unique racial status, and then they became white. And I believe, yeah, that, I mean, that's interesting, because, you know, Jews, Italians, Polish, they were never, uh, they weren't always considered white folks. Um, but through, uh, I guess we'd have to read this book, but eventually they do become white. Um, and we all kind of think of them as white. So, um read this book, uh, Working Toward Whiteness. Pick it up at your local used bookstore or online. Um, read it and uh, let me know how it is and let me know if I should read it. All right. Okay, now uh, on to our discussion. about the uh, English Revolution uh, with Oliver Cromwell, and I just want to start off with a quote here, because this is just, I find interesting. Talking about the Irish, and I'm, I guess, ethnically Irish, I've been to Ireland, I got some U2 albums and all that stuff, and uh, 
you know, I know a lot of people in this country have a lot of Irish pride, and uh, which I find very annoying, and people act like they are um, part of the IRA or they're oppressed, which is ridiculous. But anyways, there's this quote in this uh, book about the the English, which is just so bizarre. So even the poet Spencer, who knew Ireland well, the philosopher Bacon, and the poet Milton, who believed passionately in liberty and human dignity, all shared the view that the Irish were culturally so inferior that their subordination was natural and necessary. Now, that is crazy. Why I like this quote or why I find this interesting is these are smart folks. These are sort of like liberal thinkers of that time. But they thought that the Irish, which have the same uh, blood and bones and uh, bleed the same, they're they're white for Pete's sake, um, were naturally... Uh, were uh, in, uh, culturally inferior subordination was natural and necessary. Now, why did they believe this? This is what we're going to discuss today. I mean, not that particularly, but I just, you know, it's just very insane. Today we're going to have a discussion on why people believe what they believe. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this recently because I just moved from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg. I've been here about four months, and this area is just a little more conservative. And I've just had some interactions with people where I work that just really made me question how I uh, live in the same country as them. Um, that's not to say that uh, we all think the same in Pittsburgh, but um, and definitely people have some wacky views there, but maybe, uh, I don't know. It, it's just there's some definitely different thoughts here. And so I'm, I'm, I was trying to think about this. Is it is it that people's religion, is that the thing that's the main, you know, is a religion? Is that why folks feel the way they, cer- they do about certain things? Is it where they grew up? You know, is it their education? Um, is it what their parents sort of instilled in them? Is it, uh, I don't know, cultural things? Is it movies or books or... Uh, things that they're into, um, is it their race? You know, uh, I, I don't, I, I thought about this a lot, meaning about three or four hours, and I've boiled it down to three things. I think it's education, class, and culture. Really class first, your, your uh, economic background. Um, but then I had a bunch of other ones that I think fit in there too. And, uh, like DNA, well, not DNA or your genes, like how you're sort of, um, your synapse fire and, and what you, what you think is important. For instance, I grew up never, uh, thinking about making money or being a businessman. I remember when I was in high school, somebody said, when I was asking uh, this one guy like, Oh, what are you going to do when you graduate? 
high school, high school and you're going to go to college, what are you going to major in? Um, I was thinking I was going to do like politics or history and uh, maybe do pre-law. And he said business. And I, I thought to my, myself, well, what, what does that even mean, business? So like you're going to major in business. What kind of business? And, and what, what do you do? I mean, it, um, you're going to go work at J.C. Penney's? I mean, I worked at Kaufman's selling crap. Um, th- that just, it, it was a foreign concept to me. Now, that's what most, a lot of people do is they uh, go to school to business and get into marketing or whatever and try to make companies money and get paid well. And um, I can understand that and respect that. I mean, I sort of don't respect it. But uh, I, I understand you want to make money and provide for your family and have time off and take nice vacations or buy a lot of DVDs and uh, comic books or whatever you do. But, um, you know, for me, it was uh, I grew up with a family of uh, my dad was a police officer. Several of my relatives, uncles were police officers and firefighters. And there was sort of this thing of public service. People did public service. And I wanted to be like a lawyer. I mean, at first I wanted to be a baseball player. And if we talked about this before, I didn't have the... I wasn't really a power hitter. I more was a contact hitter. I could hit for average, but and my arm was pretty weak, so I, w- I didn't have a good throwing arm. And I, I'm not, I wasn't even that good of a fielder. Um, okay, you know, but uh, sometimes the ball would be hit really hard, and it was kind of scary. But I mean, I can go to the 90 mile per hour. Um, as I've mentioned this before, it's something I'm proud of. I can go into the batting cages and I can hit the balls. You know. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe I could go throw myself into practicing and be like that movie, The Natural, and play minor leagues or something like that. But uh, frankly, I just don't have that much time. So I wanted to be a baseball player. Then I thought I'd be a uh, lawyer. Well, so I end up going for history and politics. So I went originally for politics, but um, but at the University of Pittsburgh and studied history and did some stuff and then became a nurse. So, um, you know, uh, just to go back, I'm not against marketing. You know, I'm not against people making money. Uh, for a business or in selling products, certainly not. I mean, I, I am against people just making money for money's sake. Now, in in some ways, I'm uh, I'm like a small C communist and a small C capitalist because I have these really nice headphones that I spent a lot of money on, and um, I actually bought three different pairs of headphones, and I think the market kind of played well on that. They were all, I mean, listen, they were like 150 bucks. I bought another pair for 220 I took them back. They were actually better. But I like good consumer products. I also have a very nice uh, garlic press that I spent uh, like $40 on, and I did a lot of research on that. So, you know, if you're working for that company and you're actually making something, um, a, a nice product, and you're marketing it and, uh, I don't know, putting it in the box and packaging it, I mean, that's a noble thing. You're actually making something that people use. Now, if you're just on Wall Street and you're just... Um, putting money into the next get-rich-quick scheme, and it's actually not even uh, resulting in producing anything good, like maybe maybe it's actually producing things bad, like the housing bubble or just other uh, exotic financial intr- instruments that are just going to, like, make your pile of cash grow. Well, th- that's but first off, that's harmful, and um, it's not helpful for society. But it's like, that's not even interesting. Like you, th- th- these headphones were like somebody actually made these. Kind of came up with the idea of how to make them sound good. Um, you know, I I do like uh, good consumer products, and um, in socialist societies, they didn't have the best social uh, good, good consumer products, and I do believe that's a good thing for working people and uh, washing machines, hair dryers, 
electric pianos, electric guitars, uh, nice headphones and garlic presses. These make uh, our life better. Computers. Um, now, a lot of that was funded by the government. Let's uh, not get derailed and talk all about that. But, you know, uh, smartphones and all that stuff. These are things that have assisted in our life. So if you're going to work for, uh, these are things I didn't think about, like when I was growing up, uh, oh, I'm going to go work, be a businessman or be an entrepreneur, which I know is like a big American thing, like be an entrepreneur, start my own business. It's just such a foreign concept to me. Um, but I think it's better when uh, people think about doing that because they literally have the passion to make that thing, almost like an art. Like they want to make a nice set of headphones, not because they just want to do it to make money and get rich. And I guess that's a fine line, but um, I think the true people that truly believe in the product do want to, um, you know, make that product and, and, you know, be able to live and sustain themselves through selling it. But it's not just for uh, making money. You know, there wasn't these values instilled of me of, like, making money and becoming rich. My parents never, uh, that wasn't talked about. Uh, they just do something that makes you happy and make a living doing it. And um, I was raised a Catholic, working class. Um, I used to think I was middle class and upper middle class because we had two stories and we had a pool in the backyard and a lot of people just had a one-story house. But then when I got older, I realized, you know, our house is pretty small, even though it's a two-story house. And, and we had a deck. So I kind of thought, I think when I was younger, that we were rich. Like maybe when I was like six or seven, like we did better than everybody else because we were like the only two-story house on that side of the street. And we had a pool. A couple other people had pools, but... Um, but then, you know, like I said, you get older. And then when I went to college, I realized my dad made like $40,000 a year or some, something like that. Cause he had to fill out a form. And I was like, Oh, that's not that much money. And my mom worked at a grocery store at the, like, uh, in the deli. Anyway. So, you know, I think maybe that has shaped a little bit of my left wing views. Although my parents were, they probably voted for all the presidents. I mean, I think they went with, uh, mostly Democrat in the local elections. And then they would probably just go with, uh, who the winner was, you know, Kind of politically neutral. Um, my dad's more conservative now. So, um, you know, is it race that, 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 that shapes why people believe what they believe? Is it because we are whites or is it because of our religion, Catholic? Um, was it because of my upbringing and what my, how my parents were brought up? Um, is that what it is? Or is it uh, books you sort of read or your education or your uh, is it movies? I mean, I don't know. I, I was trying to think about this, and um, so I, I did a lot of thinking about this, about three or four hours, and uh, I boiled it down to three things. Class, education, and culture. Okay, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think there's like, you could throw a bunch of other ones in, but then three is kind of like a good number, but I also thought like DNA, biology, um, psychology, like I think that can play a factor. Like I'm kind of an emotional guy. I have sort of a social justice. Uh, when I think that something's wrong, I have a. It really affects me. Um, it's really upset with the Trayvon Martin thing, or just any sort of issue. I get upset and I want to like do something about it. So, um, I think that can play a role. Uh, but then I have friends that are very introverted and not emotional at all, and they. Um, they have a sense of right and wrong, and uh, I mean, they probably have a completely different um, uh, psychology, psychological profile than myself, and they're pretty left of center. Then I thought, like, uh, you know, culture, like, we could break that down to, like, sexual orientation, gender, um, race, 
um, country. I think all those factors sort of play. I mean, r- gender particularly. F- women are more liberal. Um, they just vote better. Uh, other races, other than white, tend to be more progressive and vote better. I mean, white males are really the worst. And I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. White men have been running the world for, you know, I guess forever now, and they want to keep things how they are. Of course they would, you know. So they're going to just have the most regressive, uh, backwards views to kind of keep, they don't want to have any change. Um, And, uh, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, I'm obviously a white male, but I uh, disagree with that view. I don't think it's helpful. Um for building a, a better society and trying to make sure we don't destroy the planet and have a more equal uh, world here. But so, you know, those factors all play a role. You know, I think white males vote or are, are more conservative. Now, if you're a union member, then you're uh, going to be more uh, liberal and have a, you know, believe in some more uh, programs for working people and believe society should be structured a little bit way better to, to favor working people. But, um, I recently had this experience that really made me think about this at work. So, I, th- you know, we were talking about the Trayvon Martin thing. And there was this, like, 75-year-old woman and um, I was talking to. And I just really did not want to hear her opinion on this because I just assumed, like, she's a white woman. I just assumed that it was going to be, like, um, bad. And, and particularly this particular day, a lot of my coworkers were just saying crazy stuff about Obama and how people in the city of Harrisburg are stupid and... There are some like code words about black folks that I th- I think that it was basically you know there's more black people in Harrisburg and it's a terrible place to live where I live. So I really didn't want to hear this uh, w- w- older white woman talk about the Trayvon Martin thing, and then she's like, "I am so upset that that Zimmerman got off. That poor boy. What did he do to deserve to be killed?" And I thought I was like I was so overjoyed. I thought. Wow, there is some rationality in the world. Humanity is worth fighting for. You know, this is how, I mean, I'm a little bit of an emotional guy, and um, I mean, I didn't uh, start crying and, like, give her a big hug and and, uh, say thank you. I mean, I kind of wanted to, but it was just nice to hear somebody say something um, rational and something that I I believed in as well. I mean, it was terrible. Um, This uh, Trayvon Martin getting killed is absolutely... I don't even really want to talk about that, but for her to have those views, I was thinking, now this is a woman that lives in central PA, white woman in her 70s. Why? So it turns out she's from western PA. She, her parents were uh, like Democrats. Her dad was a big FDR. It was like his, her favorite uh, president, his favorite president. And she said that she liked Obama, although wasn't thrilled with them, though she said she would never vote for a Republican. And if she did, her father would turn over in his grave. She was also very, very Catholic. And uh, this got onto another subject, which I did not bring up. But then she started talking about abortion and all the mur- babies that are murdered and all that stuff. And then she started talking about gay marriage. And I thought to myself, well, I'm less happy with this woman now. I mean, she was uh, she made me feel pretty good for a while, and then it turned a little south. But her why she believes is what she believes is from her parents in this religion. You know, she's saying how the church is gonna uh, the government's gonna make churches marry gays, and I was like, well, actually, no, that's not what the the new uh, d- the DOMA decision. It just says. Um, 
it's not going to say that the Catholic Church has to marry gay people. Like I kept saying that. She's like, well, I know that, but the federal government's making marriage, uh, making gays allowed to marry. It should be civil unions. They should have the rights. I, I'm not against them, but it should. it's a religious thing. And, you know, I don't want to talk necessarily about this, but I just found it interesting that she had these sort of, you know, she sounded like a working class person um, with of humble origins and um, had some good views, in my opinion, and some bad ones. Now, counter to this, I, this other woman I worked with, it's a pretty right-wing extremist. You know, I asked her, she says things crazy all the time. I want to study her. I, I really want to get, like, a team of psychologists. I'd like to, like, do an EEG on her. Um, that's where they study it. Because she, if she doesn't believe Obama um, is the uh, born in this country, she believes he's, like, the son of Satan. She believes in he's, like, a Muslim. I mean, she's just insane. And I asked her, I said, now, do your parents have these views? And she's like, well, they're conservative. They might not believe all these things. And, and she's, like, in her 30s. And I say, um, now, what happened to you? Did you get beat up at a Democratic Party fundraiser? Like, why? Or, or, or a rally? Or did, did, did some, some neighbor, did an ex-boyfriend? I mean, she never really uh, entertains these questions. But she said it was... Um, I said, was it 9-11? Did that really make you a super patriot? She says she's very patriotic, and she goes to this patriotic online school, which just, to me, sounds so boring and lame. But um, she said that uh, it was when Obama got elected. Now, that, to me, right there says race. It's a race thing, but maybe not. I mean, who knows? Um, probably is, and she's a white person. Um, and she says, you know, when, when I saw him come in and just try to force his socialism onto this country... Now, I don't even think Obama's like a moderate to me. I think he's a uh, liberal on some issues, but pretty down the line. And, you know, um, in some ways, he's been a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but in all honesty, he's exceeded my expectations. I know that's a contradiction of what I just said there. But so uh, she said it was Obama, and then she got involved in the Tea Party, and she loves Glenn Beck and all this stuff. And then I thought to myself, you know, she, was, she said she was divorced. I think with her that she was divorced and then she met this other guy, got married, that I'm, I, I didn't ask. So I got to do some investigation and I'll report up. But I think that she kind of got into this through her new husband that came to work once and wore a no, no bomba shirt, which I've got to say, I think that's very clever. I do. Part of me does like that term, no bomba. Just like uh, when Glenn, I told her regarding Glenn Beck. He has one of my favorite books, which I've never read and I don't plan on reading. But he has a take on uh, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth. I saw it in the store the one time. It's called An Inconvenient Book. Now, isn't that funny? I mean, I just thought that was a great title for a book. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's um, atrocious and just full of um, bad stuff and all that. Um, but anyways, so, you know, with, with her... Now, that's really not class or cultural or education. I mean, maybe that's cultural. With the other woman, uh, the older woman, that's like class and culture, I think, that has shaped her views. Um, but then I think, like, you know, it could also be things like music and how important sometimes celebrities are. You know, if you listen to, uh, like, Radiohead or U2 or anybody that makes some um, comments about the world, maybe, you know, as a young person, you're going to think, like, oh, well, that is interesting. Why... Why is um, you know Pearl Jam very pro-choice and stuff like that? Maybe it gets you you know Sting. I think with the rainforest. You know I don't really know much about that, but I know he was into that kind of thing. Um, maybe that can get you um, political, but more important, you know I guess for for 
for music. You think about the counterculture stuff and like punk rock music, anti-authoritarian. Um, th- those folks are definitely more left of center. I mean, they. Uh, uh, but sometimes they can be bad in a way if they're like all libertarian and against uh, you know any sort of government intervention and maybe they're for private roads and private air and all that stuff. Anyways, um, these are just some thoughts I've been having. I- if you guys have any thoughts, email the show at prcshow at gmail.com. That's prcshow at gmail.com. Your views on what makes people believe what they believe. Um, I think it can also be uh, just a simple um, sort of who you're around and uh, who influences you. Like, um, for me, my friend Sean, I think when I was in college, played a big role, as did uh, my one friend, um, I had another couple friends that did uh, shaped some of the thoughts I had. Um, now, I also think about, uh, I have a one friend that's a working class guy, he's in a union, and he just votes Democrat because that's what the union tells him to do. Not tells him, but says, look, this is the, f- this is the guys that that's really in best in our interest. And, you know, we really don't want nothing to do with the, um, r- you know, Republican Party. Now, here's the thing. Uh, this is good. Uh, this is obviously a good thing. And, and this guy in particular, I'm thinking, a very nice guy, doesn't think about politics, but just kind of knows where his bread's buttered. And, um, you know, the best thing to do would be to, to vote for Democrats. And even though they've kind of been crappy over the last 20 years, frankly, um, you know, he has the the good politics in that way. Now, you take a saint, this is an older guy, he's like in his 50s, older white guy. Well, 50s, not old, but... Now, if this guy wasn't a union member, maybe he'd be listening to Rush Limbaugh, and he'd have some real crazy uh, right-wing views and think that gays should be rounded up and, um, you know, uh, unions should be eliminated and wages are too high and uh, unions are greedy and we need to lower the minimum wage. Who knows? Um, I also think about like how some someone's neighborhood or co- even country can shape their shape their views. Like I have a friend from uh, Eastern Europe. She grew up in a sort of socialist country. Now she's like sort of a Marxist. Now I wonder if she grew up here, would she be a uh, maybe a libertarian type? You know, she's somebody that um. I actually think she's kind of conservative on a lot of things in terms of her views on relationships and stuff. Maybe she, if she was born into a very religious family in the United States, she could end up being um, a nun or something. Um, but because she grew up in a very egalitarian society um, with some authoritarian overtones, uh, you know, she comes here and is very critical of the United States, almost to a point where it's absurd. I mean, she just, like, hates everything. But maybe uh, if she grew up here, she would be, uh, it would be, a lot, her views would be a lot different. Maybe not, though. I mean, may- maybe it doesn't have a play that big of a role. But I think how there's this conventional wisdom that we all have in the United States of, you know, democracy and the Constitution, which I, I hate when people say the Constitution. It really upsets me. Not upsets me, but... Look, guys, the Constitution was nice and all that. It was written like 200-some years ago, and it said that blacks were three-fifths of a person. So how good of a document can it be when it says a black person really is only measures up to three-fifths of a person? And that is absolutely absurd, and anybody who wrote that is an asshole. I'm sorry. That's my views, okay? So my point is, if you grow up in this country, you have just these basic assumptions of freedom of press, 
you know, uh, freedom of, in America, hey, this is America, you can kind of say or do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt folks. Now that's, I don't know, is that something that's uh, in the Scandinavian countries or is it more like, hey, uh, w- we like to have a level of equality and uh, good public transportation. Is that like the ethos there? You know, um, you know, in China, there's not much uh, religion going on. Uh, people don't uh, have strong views on God and stuff. And, you know, I've recently met a teacher that said he was teaching these Chinese kids in his Catholic school because they, uh, they, they're now emigrated to the United States. Their parents are engineers or something. And um, they go to this Catholic school because it's the best school in the neighborhood. And um, they have to take religious class religion class, and um, they don't even understand the concept of God. They end up doing very well in the class, but for them, it's like they something that they weren't even raised with. Um, so, I don't know, C- country can play a role, or at least like your neighborhood or where you're, what's sort of going on around around you. Um, anyways, if you have any thoughts on this, again, prcshow at uh, gmail.com. Email the show at prcshow at gmail.com. Um, I think this is a subject we could return to at another point. Maybe we could get a uh, guest to come in and talk about it. Um, but why folks believe exactly what they believe I find fascinating and where it sort of comes from. You know, with me, I think it was college, um, my innate sort of um, uh, views that injustices should be corrected and that I don't have a problem speaking my voice uh, or or taking action and being embarrassed to um, kind of confront uh, the powers that be or authority figures. Um, but, uh, and also, you know, if, if I was a rich person, would I, would I still have these same views? I mean, I think um, I think people come to their views from all different backgrounds. I mean, they can. Uh, but I think probably if you're at the topper scale, you're going to want to keep uh, your, your wealth and you're not going to want to be taxed, you know. just So, um... Anyways, uh, I think this was a good discussion. Um, if you have any thoughts, again, email the show at prcshow at gmail.com. Let's have, a, uh, let's have another discussion on this uh, similar topic at another point. We'll just put it on, um, put it on pause for now. Um, okay, have a good day.